Welcome back to our number two of the Sane Asylum, episode number 197. And coming up in one hour, the king of Sunday night, the one and only Robert Ravel and Incendiary Radio. All right, it's that time, hour number two. We're going to open up the phone lines, 512 512-248-8252, 512-248-8252. Eight two five two, and before we start taking calls, Paul, I'd like to get your thoughts on. I really like that Canadian cowboy man. He's a real man, old school, and he's got it exactly right. And and you know, it's not easy to become a man. It's not easy to become a real woman. And everything in in the first world these days is all about uh, letting others tell you how you should be. Right? Social media influencers are telling you the government, the mass media, the uh, globalist-controlled big harma, big agra, the media. They're all telling you, uh, Jew-controlled academia, they're all telling you what you should be. But, you know, a real man, a real woman knows that that's not who you listen to. You listen to your parents, you listen to your peers, your brothers and your sisters, and you listen to the voice of your soul inside, and it's not easy. That's how you become a real man or a real woman. And we need real men and women now <clears throat> to take back our first world nation. So, Paul, your thoughts on the Canadian cowboy. Right, right. No, it's it's not an easy thing sometimes. And, you know, the hardest battle we all have, of course, is to be, you know, comfortable in our own skin, you know, feel good about ourselves and therefore be, you know, better able to relate to the world. But, you know, I did not see the video, but I was wondering, uh, was he wearing a mask? And the other thing I would wonder is, is he fully vaccinated and does he deny the Holocaust? <laughs> because, you know, if he denies the Holocaust, I mean, there should be legislation to cover that, don't you think? And hopefully he supports Israel's right to exist. I mean, how how sickening does it need to get? OK, when they bring up, I mean, no, could there be anything more accurate than the Jew cries out as he strikes you, okay? Yeah, I mean, course. that's really what's going on. And, of course, I've heard all this sickening talk now about, oh, Israel's right to exist. You know what we need to do on an upcoming show, by the way, too, is I sent you uh, part of a clip, I believe, about this uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz creature uh, oh, trying to grill RFK Jr. with these series of questions. <laughs> about the, uh, it's, Of course, she brings up the Jews and fleeing the Holocaust in Germany. And what would be fun is to, to have her ask these questions in her voice and then interpose, like, my answers to these questions on a show. Oh, we got to do that. That would be fantastic. Yeah, we, we do, we do. All right, caller number one. He wants to round two with Paul is Michael from California. Michael, welcome. What's on your mind? No, I don't have any ill will toward Paul. I got worked up. I, You know what? I don't care. I don't know. Whatever they were doing, pathogen, virus, whatever, I don't give a shit. I wanted to talk to Paul about... Uh, do you, I've heard him talk on other programs about uh, the NFL, and obviously Paul 
spent time in the Bay Area. Were you around during the glory years of the 49ers, Paul, in the Montana Rice years? Absolutely. In fact, uh, I drove up back in the days before the Internet and, you know, offshore books. I drove up for uh, in 1989 for that uh, Super Bowl. Uh, just to put some uh, money on the game and to just feel the feel and hear the roar of the crowd in a sports book as 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 the game swings one way or the other, you know, ever closer to covering one side or the other of the point spread. But yeah, I was definitely around. What for those, what uh, percentage what percentage of the games are rigged? You think in the NFL? You know, it's hard to know this. You know, again, there's a lot of people that make claims about it. I am certain that some of them are, and I'm. That's more, much more likely to be the standalone game. So, for example, Sunday night or Monday night or Thursday night when there's no other games on. Many of those games have had suspicious outcomes. However, when you watch enough sports and you, and you see the sort of hitting the sort of actual, you know, strenuous effort that most of these guys are going through, okay, uh, on any individual play, you realize that it's it's going to be impossible for the most part to to script the outcome of the vast majority of games. However, there are some where the final score is somewhat suspicious, and that's really all I can say about it. Um, you know, other than that, I, I do enjoy a good football game like most men because I grew up with it. Yeah, I, I like to see a white running back like the 49ers have a – they've got a white boy uh, – what's his name? McCaffrey. I like to see that. I like to see the yes, white Chris. excel in the game. Yeah. Well, there's there's plenty, that, there's plenty yeah. to do. But, yeah, he's an excellent player, no doubt. And, well, you know, uh, you know and historically – The interesting thing historically about rigging games is it only takes one player, one referee – they just nudge things a little one way or the other. That's what's so insidious about historically that it's not like this obvious thing like pro wrestling. Well, the Hulkster wins tonight, but the uh, the the Undertaker wins tomorrow night kind of thing. I mean, it's very easy to, to throw a game if you just get to one person. I mean, it's been proven in many court cases. Right, right. The referees, uh, the referees can make certain calls or... Uh... Yeah, and there was the steroid era of baseballs. There was the putting corks in the bats and making the balls fly out of the park And uh, because baseball went on strike in the 90s and they wanted to get the fans back uh, in the stands. And so they let the players juice up and hit home runs so they could get excitement going again. But, yeah, I, but it, it's, a good, it's good entertainment, and uh, I think sports builds character for young men to play sports. What, what's your thoughts on that, Paul? Oh, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I really, I'm so thankful uh, for uh, what I did, uh, you know, what I experienced in uh, sports in high school and, and, and junior college. Uh, it was very, um, it was, it changed my life in many ways. I mean, uh, the first of all, the positive reinforcement, and of course, you know the competition, and the, and even just the, the the building up of your of your physical body. I mean, all these things are important. And of course, ancient cultures such as Greece and Rome used to stress that as well. So it's part it's part of who we are. And but they're they're they're, they're wanting to phase it out because a lot of the young kids today they're playing video games. They're not going out to the sport fields. Uh, they're they're on their TV sets playing videos. 
Right. Well, probably I would say I would guess, and of course I don't know, have any data, but I would guess as many people play organized sports as ever have. However, the activity level of those who don't is certainly diminished. I mean, probably Giuseppe and I had a similar experience growing up in the Midwest and then later on here in California. But we used to go outside and play all the time, all day long. All day long, we'd be outside, gone. You know, we'd have to come home for dinner. But for the most part, uh, kids are not doing that these days. Uh, you know, that's that's sad. Yeah, and there's never really been any big Jewish sports stars, have there? That I that I'm aware of any famous <laughs> well, Jewish. <laughs> you know, again, it's uh, you know, Jew, there used to be this side. I think it's still around. <clears throat> Jew, not a Jew, and uh, we don't know for sure. I mean, Sandy Koufax was Jewish, so there, he was water. a great pitcher. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I, I stand corrected on that. Yeah. I never, I never, I never knew till after the fact that Mark Spitz was Jewish. You know, and of course, I had no, I had no Jewish awareness at the time. And when you look at his face, yeah. he doesn't have that classic. I mean, you can see that he's sort of dark and swarthy. But I mean, I always thought I, I admired him. I always thought, hey man, this guy is a good-looking, handsome guy. You know, with a great. And he, he was amazing for his size too. He wasn't that big of a guy. But he was extremely uh, powerful and efficient in the water. And I mean, the first guy to win all those gold medals it was incredible. Yeah, until the uh, t- until that other swimmer came along, who uh, Phelps uh, Phelps uh, yeah, and the, came and, along, and yeah. And there's been, and there's been and many the, in between. The bottom line is, you know, com- competitive swimming is well very competitive, and some of the uh, some right. of the things that are being done today are just amazing. I used to joke. Because it's true, basically, but I used to say uh, my time in the 200-yard freestyle in 1975 would have won the Olympics, uh, you know, every year up to 1964, right? And, of course, now, you know, uh-huh. my time my time in the 200-yard freestyle, I mean, there's there's like 14, 15-year-old girls that are doing that, you know, so it's just, it's a, it's a progression. But, yeah, yeah well, they made a know. big, they made a big deal. Yeah, with Phelps, they made a big deal out of it when he they caught him smoking out of a bong, uh, and they they kind of crucified him over that. But he was a, well, he was a great swimmer. We all we all did that, or some of us did anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we grew up in the era where in the seventies everybody was smoking pot back then. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. I'll but, let another uh, caller. And anyway, uh, yeah. I, I don't care about the virus debate, you know, whatever. It, something was being spread around. I don't know what it was. And you know what? Uh, I, I didn't mean to go off on you like I did. And, you know, yeah. I, I like Giuseppe and your program. So you guys have a good evening. All right? Sure, Take care. Sure. And just, just all quickly, right. Just quickly for Michael and all the other listeners. Hey, it's all good. There's nothing wrong with the robust back and forth. And I don't. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I don't take anything personally. And I don't, I don't stay mad about stuff like that. So while you guys were talking, I did a quick search, and here's the most famous Jewish professional athletes. Uh, Some of these names you'll note out. uh, Ryan Braun with the Milwaukee Brewers from 2007 to 2020. And then there was a woman named Sue Bird, a professional WNBA athlete. Then there was uh, Sean Green. I remember him uh, with Toronto, a big bat in the 90s. And then uh, there was a Jewish tennis player named Dick Savitt. And Ken, this guy was great. Ken Holtzman for the Cubs in the 60s and 70s in the A's. He pitched. He was a great lefty. All right. And then there's an Olympic swimmer named Jason Lizick. There's a Marshall Goldberg, a famous 
quarterback for the Chicago Cardinals, 39 to 43. Then he went uh, and and was in Auschwitz, and then he came back out 46 to 48 and survived. Another survivor, no doubt. And then there's somebody named Tal Brody, who's uh, I don't know what the heck he did. Uh, he's holding up a trophy though. Uh, and then uh, Kenny Bernstein, a drag racer. Uh, Max Bear, the famous uh, the famous uh, boxer. Oh, that means mm-hmm. that Je- Jethro Bodine was a Jew. Max Bear Jr. Right. I never put that yeah, together. Yeah. And then By Amy the way, Alcott, a female professional golfer. Marty Hogan, a racquetball professional. I remember this guy, Ron Mix, with the Chargers, uh, sixty to sixty-nine, a big offensive lineman or defensive lineman. He's a big guy either way. Barney Ross, another Jewish boxer. Lenny Kraselberg in the Olympics did something. I don't know what he did, but uh, I guess he's a swimmer. And then Dolph Shays, he was a famous uh, basketball player, NBA, 49-64. Benny Friedman, 27-34, to a professional quarterback. Al Rosen uh, the uh, with the Cleveland Indians for about a decade. I remember him, his name rather. Uh, uh, there was a, a Jewish Olympian they're talking about, Agnes Coletti, another Jewish Olympian. Uh, Dara Torres, huh? Hard to believe Torres is a Jewish name, but they're you know a diver. Sid Luckman, he was a famous quarterback, yep. thirty-nine to fifty for the Bears. And then yep. Mark Spitz, number three, number two, Hank Greenberg. That's right, he was an amazing player, thirty thirty-three to forty-one uh, for the Tigers. He was a power hitter. I remember his name. And then number one, Sandy Koufax. That guy was unbelievable when we were little boys, Paul. That guy could pitch it was just something else he was good yeah his 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 wind up in his kick was uh, quite something it really uh, was yeah but mm-hmm. nobody had uh, i believe my favorite uh guy to try to imitate you know when i was a little kid i played obviously little league baseball but i used to try to imitate i think it was bob gibson wasn't it, with that big high kick before he delivered his pitch he, I think he pitched for the St. Louis Cardinals. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was Bob Gibson was unbelievable. And the other guy who had a really wacky delivery when we were boys was the San Francisco pitcher Juan Marichal. That guy, right. had a real, real, right. real unusual delivery. Yeah. By the way, the by the way, the way that you pronounced that swimmer that you mentioned, Jason Lezak. And uh-huh. uh, if you watch, if anybody wants to to search term that relay where he was just. You can search term uh, Jason Lezak relay leg in the Olympics. You'll probably pull it up. But he was the one that really was responsible for I don't know which year it was, but Michael Michael Phelps is on the relay team as well, where we it was very competitive. And the only reason the U.S. won it against uh, both France and Australia, who both had really good teams, uh, was because of the, the leg that Jason Lezak swam in the relay. It was very impressive. Oh, wow. So, That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, interesting. All right, Michael, appreciate the call. It's always good to hear from you. So let's move on to Rick in Arizona. Rick, welcome. What's on your mind? I got a quick question. How do you locate where you are on the Internet when you're doing a live show? How do I locate? uh, How do I um, locate? Yeah. Yeah. uh, You mean like where are the video streams or or, or, uh, like my physical broadcast? What's the address to go to your live show? Oh, it's it's uh, I'm on Odyssey. Uh, look up um, Giuseppe on Odyssey. I'm on Rumble. I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter. In addition to the radio side, so uh, let's see. Odyssey and Rumble are both going strong. So let me see. It's uh, 
It's Odyssey uh, G Man Giuseppe G letter letter G M A N uh, Giuseppe. That's the name of my channel. And on Rumble, it's um, what the heck is my name on Rumble? I'm about to tell you. Account overview. Uh, Rising Tide Media on Rumble or G Man Giuseppe on Odyssey. Um, those are uh, that's when uh, if you want to watch the video. Okay, is your, is your email active? That's on the uh, website um, at RBN. Oh, our, our Tide Media? Yeah, do you look at that? Uh, yeah, at gmail.com. Uh -huh. Yeah, I get those. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I got a question for Paul. Uh, you know, you, you um, debate whether viruses are real or not. Do you debate, do you, do you believe, like, people can catch, you don't believe people can get, like, catch a cold from somebody else? Is that how you, is that, is that your debate? <clears throat> well, again, I, I, I don't debate whether viruses are real or not. I've always been specific, and I said, uh, define what you say a virus is and what you ascribe to it, and then let's see the evidence for that. So as far as catching colds and stuff, as you may or may not know, many experiments have been done. The Army itself did experiments uh, about this, and also this was done as well in the early 19-teens, around the time of the Spanish flu, and all attempts to give people colds or the flu basically failed. So in other words, they would take the mucus, they would take mucus secretions. And you can read about this, by the way, in uh, any number of uh, books. It's, it's detailed online as well. You can find articles where they essentially recount or reprint uh, some of these experiments where, you know, they tried in every manner possible, you know, including injection, including breathing, sneezing into faces, including taking swabs that already had, you know, the mucus secretions of people with full-blown colds, and they would swab them up their nasal passages or swab them in their mouth, and they really could not give people colds or flus. So therefore, yeah. what, what conclusion can you draw? So does, is, does contagion exist? Well, somebody wrote a book called The Myth of Contagion. It has, <clears throat> excuse me, The Myth of Contagion quite a bit of interesting uh, knowledge and information there. And then also uh, there's a PDF you can find online called Virus Mania. It's quite lengthy, and I have, not, I have not consumed it all, I will admit, but I've consumed many other things on this topic. And all I can say is I just, I don't, I don't think we have a full understanding of the way everything works, including our bodies and our health, but I just don't believe in it anymore, similar to the way that I don't believe in lots of other things, because they've turned out to be false. And I think this is a way that they keep us afraid. You know, they keep us afraid and that we need them. We need, <clears throat> we need their cures. We need their treatments. We need their inoculations. Uh, we need their prescriptions. And I just, I simply, um, I just don't believe it anymore until I see some evidence that it's true. Okay, thanks for taking the call. Thank you. All right, Rick. Uh, next caller, Dan from Washington. Dan, welcome. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh, the death of Norman Lear, I think, should be celebrated. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I was what thinking a, what, about what a hack. the negative impact. You know, there's a good debate with uh, William Buckley and... Um, uh, Oh, man, what was the guy from the South? George Wallace. But, it, you know, that was before the conservative movement was invented. And so, as far as I can tell, conservatism is all about just pretending to stick up for white people but never actually doing it. 
Um, but that, <laughs> that's a good good line. That's good. That's that's all I can see. And and Archie Bunker, I mean, basically, there's a healthy ethnocentrism that America had. You know, say like Boston was controlled by the Irish or New York, parts of New York, Italians, whatever. And uh, it was it was all designed to destroy any healthy ethnocentrism in in men. You know, on the one hand, so it was racial racially uh, just attacking white people, and then on the on the feminism front, you know, it started. You know, they really started the male chauvinist pig. If you want to be a dad, uh, uh, all that, all that. So I don't know. I disagree with. I, I used to think older shows were better, but when I look back at American media now, I mean, there is so much just Jewish bullcrap in that, yeah. in that stuff, and demoralization. You know, from World War Two on. Uh, I can't even. I'd much rather watch Walking Dead, honestly, <laughs> or uh, Game of Thrones or something. But uh, well, Walking Dead pissed me off too because I noticed the, every hero has like a black. You know, they mix match the races for the heroes of the show. But anyway, uh, yeah, I just and you know, this Norman Lear probably killed tens of thousands of Germans. He, I guess, he flew like over a hundred bombing missions over Germany. In World War Two, so it's like he goes from killing just tens of thousands of Germans to like dedicating his whole life to just anti-white propaganda against white Americans, and it, it just shows these people are, you know, what a what a piece of crap the guy was, you know. I mean, well, you know what's so funny, Dan and Paul, and I'll ask Paul to comment, and then Dan. Is that Norman Lear thought he was uh, the the smarmy hack Jew that he was? Thought he was a really embarrassing traditional white uh, guys who who were race aware like Archie Bunker, and he made a hero out of Archie Bunker. Everybody loved Archie Bunker because everybody knows Archie Bunker was right and he was a decent guy, and and so it completely blew up in his face. Only the the libtards of the day, the woke of the day, uh, thought they were um, mocking, but the the vast majority of whites just thought this is a great show. Archie's a great guy. Paul, do you remember that? <laughs> absolutely, and I think everybody knew. Oh, yeah, absolutely, I remember it, and everybody knew intrinsically that a lot of stuff that Archie said was was true. Now it got laughs because it was it was of the of the setting, right? And yeah. and the tone in which it was said. And of course they portrayed him as kind of ignorant or a bigot, but at the same time, we all we all knew, you know, what he was talking about was in essence uh, you know, the experience of many people, right? Yes. So right. and by the way, as far as you know, T V back then, it was absolutely demonstrably much better. A lot of it was was harmless, you know, uh, fun. But they didn't promote what it is they're promoting now. Okay, I mean, I grew up probably similar to Giuseppe. You know, you watch uh, Leave It to Beaver and and Father Knows Best and you know Doctor Kildare and you know General Hospital and Gilligan's Island and, and all this other stuff that was harmless fun. And you didn't see blacks constantly in your face. You didn't see race mixing commercials. There was no advertisement for pharmaceuticals every you know ten minutes, and it was just much 
overall, even though there was a lot of things that were probably being worked upon us, we, we weren't aware of it, but overall it was just a much more wholesome time and a much more wholesome media environment. Today, it's absolutely nasty. The commercials are nasty. And every oh, yeah, I agree with that. Giuseppe knows, yeah. yeah, Giuseppe knows this because he watched a sporting event, and every single commercial has a nigger or mulatto or a mixed race couple in it. They always do it. They're slapping you in the face. They show some white guy, oh hi honey, and his wife's black or his wife's yeah. mulatto, and they have mixed race kids, and they yep, show them all constantly. happy. Yep. It's just it's disgusting. You know, I know what they're yeah. doing. And to be honest, I'm one of these guys who, you know, I'm not going to swear a lot on the air, but I, I, I swear about this sort of stuff. And oh yeah, like I've joked, I said, you know, it's time to fire up the ovens again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. I, I would agree. I would agree with that part of it as far as the commercials and stuff. I, I think Archie Bunker, if you look at, so it turned his children against him, right? It's kind of like. That's the old generation of old racially aware white guys, and we're the future. We're the baby boomers. We're the hippies, you know, and we're going to have this new future, and, and we're going to call you a male chauvinist pig or a bigot. I think it popular, you know, the term bigot started being used a lot more. And then they, uh, the federal government started using the Civil Rights Act at the same time, doing, like, busing in, like, a... Uh, these cities like Boston or New York where they had these ethnic they basically destroyed every ethnic community in America from like the 70 to like 1980 pretty much by the time I got older you know so it's kind of uh, I think it was all planned man I think this Norman Lear is a sadistic person man <laughs> I think he's evil well, 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 naturally, it's all it's all planned, and they use. And this is what frustrates me about so many people, and so many brain dead white people, and especially the ones that continue to articulate the not all argument or talk about the friends that they have. You know, it's so absurd. They have used the the simplest of techniques, which is to use the micro, all right, to negate the macro. In other words, they, you take the small individual anecdotal example, and you try to use that to negate right? The larger picture, right? So everybody knows that there's plenty of nice, well-meaning, well-mannered, well-behaved, productive black people. We all know this, okay? But that doesn't change the equation of what do large numbers of blacks do? What do they bring, okay? And this is what, it's the same thing that large numbers of Jews bring. And you could read the history of Europe, and it's just over and over, it's the same thing where at first, they don't let them in, and then they let a few in, and then there's a Jewish uh, quarter or a Jewish ghetto, and there's the pale settlement, and then somehow a Jewish businessman gets successful, and he starts to, uh, you know, he starts to lend money, or he becomes a banker, he becomes friends with somebody in government, and the next thing you know, and it's just over and over again. So it's kind of like, all right, sure, Mexicans are hardworking people. Do we want thirty million? Do we want fifty million? Okay. Do we right. want them taking over our country? Do we want a taqueria on every corner? Okay, and the answer is no, so then you got to get pissed off. And it's unfortunate that, that some of the nice you know, individuals who mostly don't belong here get caught up in all this, okay? And this is the simple trick the Jews have used, right? Some nice neighbors move in on Archie Bunker Street. Oh, look, it's a nice new black family, oh, Poor Archie Bunker, the bigot that he is, he can't just wrap a mind, wrap his mind around the fact that these are just regular, nice Americans like 
No, they're not like all other blacks, okay? They're the exception, right? That's the thing. They try to take the exception and they use it to negate the rule. And the rule is, is if you don't control your own territory, like William Pierce says, you must take and hold territory and exclude others. You could listen to hundreds of hours, and I have. I have literally 100-plus hours of listening to William Pierce. You could eliminate it all and just hang your hat on that one statement. You must take and hold territory and exclude others. And nothing else is more obvious in life, especially if you're in California and you see the hordes. And I'm talking about hordes of Chinese, Indian, Filipinos, and Mexicans. And they will never stop coming and they will never stop reproducing. And we just got to get it through our heads. If we want a land of our own, a country of our own, a society of our own, I'm sorry, but we got to hate. And we got to be racist. And anybody that says otherwise is what I like to say is a fag. All right, there's my little <laughs> rant. <laughs> All right, excellent. Let us into the break. Stay tuned for the final 30 minutes after these messages. tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back, uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it, and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee that's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read one. This product has been a godsend for my father, who suffered from a heart attack about two years ago. He was prescribed medications for his condition, which was so serious, he almost died. But he hasn't been able to afford most of the medications. After researching alternatives that were more affordable, he tried Extendivite. Since taking it, he has consistently lower blood pressure and experiences less angina. We are currently on our fifth bottle. I enthusiastically recommend this product, and I am grateful that it is available. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. 
I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pastures meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low-quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork raised the way nature intended. People have been poisoned. Their success is based on the Holocaust lie. The Holocaust lie. The Holocaust lie. Organized violent police that follow orders from a central location and dispense violence and terror on the people so that we don't even speak out against the Jews. Right now, these communists are in their synagogues talking about killing the best of the Goyim because Amalek has been targeted first. Because so many more people have been killed by the Jews than there are Jews. Everybody knows that the vaccines have been causing that accelerated death rate that's unexplained in our world, not only in Canada. The vaccinated may have three to five years to live. Bill Gates mentioned one to two years. Only time will tell what is true. But what we do know is people have been poisoned. Their success is based on the Holocaust lie. are in their synagogues talking about killing the best of the Goyim because Amalek has been targeted first because so many more people have been killed by the Jews than there are Jews alright welcome back that's the excellent excellent kill the TV song the holocaust lie and that's what's uh, 
so disgusting, Paul. And uh, Dan, are you still there? That so many normies believe the Holocaust is real when it's just been proven six million ways that it's all just a, a, a an insidious Jewish deception psyop. I, I actually wanted to bring that up. I uh, just wanted to recommend it's a documentary called One Third of the Holocaust. And it's spelled out like One Third of the Holocaust. And this guy does, it's on archives, uh, whatever that archives.org or, yeah. And it, it's the best breakdown of, of how fake it is. He's got a little model of it. Uh, he goes through the testimony and stuff. I just highly recommend it. I, I don't, you know, recommend a lot of movies, but I, I watched that and I couldn't believe how how much these guys lied about it. You know, it's the, the testimony in the Nuremberg trials, all 20 minutes of it. You know, they were said that the diesel engines, they used the old tank engine and gassed everyone with a diesel engine. They said they, they buried 750,000 bodies in this field and then waited two years, dug the bodies up, and then lit them in, in basically barbecue pits. <laughs> and all the evidence is gone. Like, I mean, it's really good because you realize how how much these guys lied and how stupid the lies were, really. They're, like, it's not believable, like, um, any of the testimony that these people gave, you know. But, Great point. Anyway. Paul, your thoughts? Well, not only that, but it's a complete distraction from the opposite, which is what they have already done. In fact, uh, earlier I, I sent Giuseppe uh, uh, a clip. It's a it's an audio book of Hustis Mullen's basically article, the last the history of the last two hundred years, and there's a lot of focus on the Russian Revolution and what took place uh, during that time and afterwards. And uh, people just cannot comprehend some of the descriptions of it, you know, because it was kept hidden from the Western press. And make no mistake, they, they would love to be able to do that here, but they cannot because of the guns that we own. Okay, that's, right. that's their problem. They would love to be able to, to murder us, to hire people to murder us openly, just like they did in Russia and Eastern Europe. And that's why the Nazis were Nazis. Okay, because they knew the Jews wanted to murder them. And so, you know, this is just a simple thing. So the Holocaust is a distraction. I've been saying for over 25, 30 years, and I used to really get people pissed off. I don't get opportunities much anymore because I used to enjoy it. I say the Holocaust, first of all, it didn't happen. But if it had, it would have been a good idea. Yes, or I said sure. the Holocaust was not the final solution was not final enough. That was my favorite line for a very long time. The final solution was not final enough. So the bottom line is we have to get it in our heads and never forget that they cannot do what it is they did. That's why they do it with vaccines. They why, That's why they do it with this illegal immigration, destroying the economy so that a white man can't get a job and raise a family, uh, pornography. Everybody knows the score. You know, I don't want to take any time from any other callers, Giuseppe, but you got it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get off real quick on that real. Uh, I'll get off ahead, after man. this point. Well, a microcosm of what you're saying, that, you know, the, that expression, the Jew cries out in pain as he strikes you. Uh, I was in the Seattle area, and my congressperson, I didn't know they were Jewish, Adam Smith, but apparently somebody spray-painted on his front door 
uh, no see or cease fire now. And it was all over the news. Oh, no, the vandalism against the poor Jewish guy, you know, because they didn't want to, they said they wanted to cease fire. So they would quit killing these Gazans. <laughs> but I, I mean, I'm just, I know the guy sprayed it on his, his own door. I mean, I, it's like, exactly. once you see the of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, am I supposed to believe that someone sprayed that on your front door, dude? But people. Well, Dan. Dan, anyway. before you go, Dan, before you go, just remember, Israel has a right to exist. <laughs> right. All right. Have a good night, guys. All right. Thanks, Dan. Great call. Let's uh, now go to Dave in the Thumb, which is that part of Michigan that looks like a thumb. Welcome, Dave. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. Great show. A couple of points here. So, you know, you were talking about sports. I don't know if you have ever looked into the gematriaeffect.news. Zachary K. Hubbard, this guy is an idiot savant when it comes to gematria, sports, music, entertainment, all world events. These Jews, they, I'm telling you, this, is, this goes back thousands of years. They got this thing scripted, and it's not all, all the, the uh, athletes. It's all the superstars. They get these guys when they're very, very young, and they groom them. They sign contracts. And they then they sacrifice somebody who you were super close to your dad, your grandpa, your grandma, you know, uh, or some and some superstar. They they end their life to begin your career, and then your life ends to begin the next guy's career. Kobe Bryant, uh, that's what happened to him. Um, you know, LeBron James. Look at that dude. Uh, anyway, my next point is, um, I come up with a little a little bit that I think answers it all it says it all so i ask i tell people when you got questions ask your favorite relatives uncle sam an anti-semite uncle ben <laughs> an anti-fa they'll tell you it is not real it is real and it is all by design nice what That's was good. the name of that website again gematria what it's gematria effect dot news this guy has been uh, he's written three books uh zachary k hubbard he's an ex-school teacher out in washington state and uh i'm telling you this guy knows his stuff he has figured out the key the code he decodes all world events it's all runs around dates and numbers and their, their birth dates the number of days of their age i'm telling you it's, it is mind boggling but i'm telling you it is spot on i'm legally blind okay i see a lot of stuff that people don't hear and i hear a lot of stuff that people don't see and i'm telling you that guy knows his stuff and you betcha sports and all uh entertainment and world events it's all by the numbers brothers Wow, I just uh, brought up the website and put in the chat room, gematriaeffect.news. Look, I'll definitely investigate this. That's cool. I hadn't heard of this, so that's interesting. Yeah, this guy is awesome. He, he's, he has been kicked <laughs> off of YouTube like 28 times or something, and and he's got like a, a four-hour decode. When, when Kobe Bryant died, he decoded this guy's whole life in four hours on uh, on YouTube, and uh, my buddy sent me it in. In uh, he digitized it so my phone would would speak it to me, and uh, uh -huh. I'm telling you, it was freaking incredible! Holy moly! Anyway, yeah, check it out, guys. Wow, appreciate you. 
Thank you, Dan. I really, Dave, really appreciate the call and have a great week. All right, you the too. phone lines are still opened. We've got uh, uh, Paul. Do you have any thoughts on Gematria and all this uh, Kabbalistic stuff? I know Dennis Fecho is big into all that, and um, I know it's pretty trippy. A lot of coincidences, coincidences. Do your thoughts? Right. No, it's interesting. I've uh, spent a little time dabbling in it before. In fact, it was quite a bit uh, online with all the fake shootings over the years and people were saying there was a particular date or, you know, they always like to have some somewhere in there is like 33 victims and that sort of a thing. So, you know, it's of some interest. I, you know, I don't know how it you know applies to sports. You know, are you talking about the, the scores? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you still, I mean, right. if, if you watch enough <laughs> sports, you realize, okay, this, you know, it's, you can't fake it. I mean, in other words, you know, you can't fake making a basket. Right or 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 throw or crossing crossing the end zone when guys are trying to tackle you. I mean, all that stuff is real. So I'm not sure, you know, how gematria plays into whole to the entire equation. It's it's of some interest, but in the end, it's just kind of a, a sidebar to me. Right on. The um, uh, just want to remind everybody that uh, RBN is doing the uh, honor John Statmiller. Um, fundraising drive where if you can afford to donate a hundred dollars or more each week and then they're going to uh have a book of the week drawing and so the list of qualified donors and the winners are announced in the second hour of off the beaten path with uh, steve elkins i think that shows right before me actually sunday night yep he's a sharp guy all right so support rbn support speak free radio they need your help to stay going so all right paul so if no, we go ahead i was gonna say if, if we have time to kill we don't have any other callers i'll actually uh read something and uh, talk about the sports a little bit do it let's do it okay so, uh, <clears throat> so we so we don't have any callers waiting for us right now nope but uh, let, let me say if you don't want to call in 512 248 8252 the lines are all open right now if you want to join us but go ahead paul okay so speaking of sports and all that so i do enjoy some of these podcasts about sports and i have taken on many occasions uh, excerpts of the rich eisen podcast mm-hmm. and so he did uh, a little thing the other day about how some professor or some you know somebody at one of these colleges the president of penn university said it was all right to you know, back the uh, Palestinians and, and and all these Jew uh, Jews were activated. So go ahead. Okay. So, well, basically, in this nine minute excerpt of his podcast, you know, he was whining about how you know we have to condemn this, and then he brought up the Holocaust and so yeah, on. And it was just, now it didn't annoy me as many others do because he, he you know he's mostly likable guy, and I do enjoy a lot of his podcasts and a lot of things he has to say. I mean, like I said, I've taken in many of them, but I left a comment on YouTube, which got me banned, you know, for a day. It was 24 hours. Basically, they said, you will not be allowed to comment for 24 hours. Probably many people have experienced this because of community standards or whatever. What a joke. Yeah. yeah. Well, here was my comment. This is, I'm going to read it now because I saved it to my email. All right. And so this is they, they banned me within like 10 minutes of posting it. So I don't know if anybody on YouTube saw, saw it. But basically, here's what I said in my comment to uh, the Rich Eisen video on YouTube. Oh, stop already. People come here for your excellent show about sports. Sports. Are you so naive and uneducated about Jewish malfeasance and hostile behavior over millennia? 
that is the catalyst for anti-Jewish sentiment, or are you just pretending? People now know they are wising up to the dastardly deeds of organized Jewish power, and they're tired of it. And the big lie of the German Holocaust has been unraveling for some time now. You either didn't get the memo or you haven't done your homework. I almost, I almost ended by saying, so stop whining, but I didn't say stop whining. So that was my, that was my comment, a few sentences, and I was immediately banned for 24 hours from commenting further. And I've had time to reflect on my, my, my actions now. And I'm sorry, Jews. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> really, why be sorry about telling the truth? I mean, these whiny parasites. I mean, you know, the only reason Eisen and all these guys get in there is because they're in the tribe. And uh, for every, you know, there's there, there's Dan Patrick, and then there's all these Jews on all these sports things. So it's it's pretty disgusting. So never apologize to a Jew, Paul. Oh, I was on. just joking come on all right all right I'm you sorry. know you know i would never take a knee or carry a sign that said uh refugees welcome which by the way is we'll have to address later because you know people might be wondering where would i get these uh, the supply of severed heads for the pikes on the mexican border <laughs> we, we, in we your can, fantasy presidency <laughs> let's make that, that clear near, right we can, we, can discuss, we can discuss that another time but giuseppe you must have seen this butte that has her job forever, Holly Rowe, the sideline reporter. Yes, you know, I know she is. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but she reminds me of a little Jewish Miss Piggy. And this is just all the evidence you know that you need, you know, that Linda Cohen and Holly Rowe and all these other yeah. Jews keep their jobs for decades. Yep, there you every, go. Everybody else comes and goes, you know? Yep, well, we've got a couple callers. The next one is... A new caller. I've never seen this name before. J.J. Zapp in Washington. Welcome, J.J. What's on your mind? Hello, J.J.? Uh, Are you there? Hey, oh, hey. Uh, my phone probably cut out. Great service we get with this stuff. Uh, I hear you now. So what's what's up? What, what do you like to talk about? Oh, too bad. We'd, we'd love to hear what you're saying, but you're not coming through. Hello, uh, JJ. Am I now? Yeah, yes, you are now. Question. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yes, hey, go. evening, guys. A uh, uh, few things. I wanted to help with this whole dispelling the germ theory, which is exactly what it is, nothing more than a theory. You know, the thing that people always seem to forget about is the factor of placebos. You know, and and how do they actually work? You know, I mean, they you know they they do plenty of studies where the human guinea pigs you know get pay or volunteer to uh, take some potion, and um, within the potions are placebos, and some of those people you know it miraculously the sugar pill cures them better than the actual thing was designed to do, or vice versa or whatever you know. Right. But yep. So that, you know. To me, that's a huge part of all of this stuff and the whole, you know, suggestion of you're going to get sick from COVID. It's everywhere, hammering in everybody's head. You're going to get sick. You're going to get sick. Yeah, How many right. people believe them? Yeah. And, well, and, and as far as... Oh, oh. No, I was going to say, just a quick reaction. Yes, the placebo effect is absolutely fascinating. It is absolutely real. It's very, very well studied. 
and in many cases it's probably uh, not not well considered enough for many uh, medical issues so, but go on with your call yeah and health from my own experience in dealing with Crohn's in 99 took me six years to get back to even remotely close to living he's cutting out again okay we'll take another well, call real quick yeah. well um you know i'd like to just make a quick uh is, it, is yeah. he back is that him again jj what oh yeah yeah, you, you were coming through fine for a while, JJ, and then you started to go in and out bad again. Uh, is make, there? Yeah, just make your comments. I just have to, and then I got to go ahead. They do okay. pull I, up. This is oh, see this? We're just we're just killing. Yeah, try have him call here. back because he. Yeah, it's 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 discombobulating. What I would say is that you know everybody's seen. The chicken pox are contagious, the cold is contagious, the flu is contagious in office. But there's also so much more going on, as Paul's mentioned. And there's even more when you take start to take into uh, uh, account the idea of frequency, radiation, uh, vibration, and all things that can re- remarkably heal the body like Royal Rife and so many others have discovered. So, you know, what big, big harm of the P is silent and and uh, the the mainstream uh, globalist controlled governments academia they they want you to believe germ theory because then they can enslave you with the magic jab and the magic pill and so that's what you don't want to do and there's so many so much we don't know and so much that is suppressed and go ahead Paul well I was just quickly going to say I highly recommend the book I've mentioned it on air different places multiple times it's called the emperor's new drugs and it's mainly about these psychotropic drugs however there's a lot of the medical uh, background into you know these tests and these studies and of course uh they basically throw out the studies they don't like and use the ones that they do like great point yeah and overall there's so much fraud in the medical industry it's just it's staggering but there was an entire chapter or more about the placebo effect. It was absolutely fascinating. And one of the things that blew my mind was placebo arthroscopic knee surgery. And they followed up a lot of these people for two years or more after, including with interviews and so forth. So some people got a scar, but no surgery, right? They got a, they got a cut. And other people got the actual surgery. And what they found, you know, uh, was that there was really no difference six months, a year, year and a half later in terms of what these people claimed they felt and the effect that it had on them. So the people that got the, the surgery versus those that didn't, they've generally found throughout the study that there wasn't any difference. And that just blew my mind. Well, yeah, man, that that we should do a whole show on the if the body, if the person believes that's the power of prayer that's the power of so many things if you believe it literally believe it amazing things miracles can happen and but you know we don't have time now we're, we're in the final only a couple minutes i guess uh let's do uh wayne from mississippi and then looks like jj might be back but let's give wayne a shot wayne welcome what's on your mind uh real quick question fellas since since we have a football theme tonight if you're a coach and you're being put on defense and the other team is taking it to you, and then you finally have a chance to get the ball back and go on offense, would you prefer to get the ball back on your 10-yard line, or would you prefer to get the ball on your one-yard line? Can you just answer that question? 
Okay, sir. Ten yard line. Okay, there we go. Okay, all right. With Trump, we might have we might have a shot at getting the ball back on our eight or ten yard line. With do you think anybody else out there can put us on the ten yard line? That's an interesting way to look at it. I'm. I mean, that's. Uh, yeah. Well, we, ha- again, we have uh, to we have to think strategically. Uh, there's a well, lot of things wrong with Trump. But but who else out there? <laughs> who else? What are what are our choices? Truck Trump. I'm sorry to say this, but I'm just going to be blunt about it. I've been saying the same thing for years. I know Giuseppe agrees with me. He probably has not articulated as clearly as I have. But Trump is an anti-white traitor who is likely Jewish, and the whole political system has to be destroyed. This is a continuation of belief in the elections and the two-party system in our republic and our democracy and it's all got to go we need a racially based constitution and we need a racially based citizenship and we need so, to you know the idea so Paul, that we're going to Paul, i know Paul, but the idea all, that we're going it, to is it, okay is again. it all going to go in 2024 are we no, going no, to turn but here's the thing. The holding on to this is naive. It's like holding on to a relationship with your wife okay. or your girlfriend, and she's been screwing your best friend and draining your checking account okay. and running all over town, right, and doing all these things. But, oh, she's a good cook, and she makes a nice, she makes a nice meal now and then. I mean, it's enjoy just the the ball, whole... enjoy the Enjoy the ball on your one-yard line. Y'all have a good night. Okay, all right, sir. thanks. All right. I get your point, but yeah. I, I have to agree with Paul. I mean, I haven't voted – in a decade because what's the point they're both controlled and uh and yeah and just quickly just to finish my rant towards the end of the show perhaps yeah i like to joke around with my presidential platform and of course it's stupid and absurd i hope maybe some people got some humor out of it right with Mm -hmm. you know floor length urinals and no more fake blueberries and handicapped parking places and the other how about uh blinking yellow lights on the left turn i feel like an idiot sitting there waiting to make a left turn when there's no oncoming traffic and most of the time i don't wait but here's yeah, yeah. the thing. Aren't we all sick of the BS? Oh, it's the economy. Oh, it's foreign policy. Oh, you need yeah. health care. It's all lies. It's all nonsense. It means nothing. We're being destroyed and hanging on to a system that is destroying us is a form of insanity. That's a great way to end the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks to all the callers. And here he comes, the king of Sunday night, the one and only Robert Ravold and Incendiary Radio. See you next Sunday. Good night, everyone. Till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-in lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-in lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. 
cows too. Ezop LLC 417-932-6419. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth. <laughs> 